Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind to both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner. And BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, road and operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. Look at the holistic process from end to end. Um, So how, again, you're engaging candidates, what is that message to market, and then how you bringing them through the process all the way to offer, but also post-offer. Technology is one aspect of it, but there are so many other components and touch points throughout that life cycle. So I think really challenging, what does it look like right now, doing that secret shopping of your own process and identifying those gaps. This is Alexandra Berger, VP of Sales at Hourly by AMS, and they provide workforce technologies that reinvent the talent journey and optimize the speed and effectiveness of recruitment. Together, we took a deep dive into her learnings from working with some very progressive brands when it comes to implementing new ways of thinking and using technology in the workforce. She shares some of the top challenges many organizations are meeting right now and how they not only reinvent the way they recruit, but also changing the playbook for how they attract and retain talent. We discussed the role of technology in creating a great employee experience and how it should give managers and HR the insight they need to make better leadership decisions. Alexander also shares some of the best practice cases she's seen over the last 18 months and what we can learn from them. Before you tune in, please sign up for our weekly newsletter packed with more Maverick insight, strategies and tools. Find the link in the show notes or visit hospitalitymavericks.com. Please also download your free copy of the white paper called From Fragile to Agile. We did in cooperation with BizSimply. You can find it on bizsimply.com under the resource tab or via the link in the show notes. We have some great insights and solutions to improve your leadership game. I will guarantee you that you will learn something new about how to improve your recruitment process in this episode. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I think most of you listening into the podcast is uh, dealing with right now, hiring people uh, uh, in a very high speed, I guess, as well. And you can't get enough of them. And uh, also suddenly that, you know, hiring process becomes really, really important for them to get the perception about you as an employer and as a company. Uh, And you need to get them started very quickly after you had the first conversation with them because somebody else will maybe take them if you don't get them on board fast enough and for that there's a technology out there and that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about you know both the hiring process but also the uh, experience as a, a person that actually applies for the job but also how technology can help you and for that we are we're very lucky to have uh, alexandra from uh, we are Ali 
on the, the show today. And uh, we've been talking a couple of times before this conversation, Alexandra. Uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward to dive into some of the learnings and some of the insights you guys have learned uh, over the last, you know, probably 18 months, and especially the last 12 months where the whole world have reopened. And we've really seen these challenges around finding people in high volume fast enough. So, but with that said, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here and really excited to chat with you and, and to meet your listeners. If you should give a bit like uh, an intro to who you are, what your role are in the business and what problems you are solving uh, in, in a short elevator pitch, uh, can you can you help the audience a bit so we get you in the right category? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. As Michael said, my name is Alexandra Berger. I am the Vice President of Sales for the product division within AMS. And our first product within this division is Hourly. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this today. And I think it's worthwhile talking a little bit about the history in terms of why we started with Hourly as our first product. And as an organization, AMS has been in the talent acquisition space for, gosh, over 24 years. And we were really sensing that a lot of the tech within this ecosystem is really geared towards the professional job seekers. So you think of your applicant tracking systems, it's really meant for the professional hire. And instead, regardless of some point solutions that are out in the market for high volume and hourly, there really isn't an end-to-end -end solution in mind. And a lot of companies right now across retail, hospitality, manufacturing, these are the roles that are driving that upfront revenue. And so we saw this gap and decided to do something about it. Thus, Hourly was born. And so when we think about our product and really what we're trying to solve for, there is a difference in terms of how hourly job seekers find jobs, apply to jobs, the speed of the process, how they want to be communicated with. There's a lot that goes into this. And so we designed hourly to be mobile first, end to end, and, and conversational um, from start to finish to really help organizations simplify how they engage, progress, um, and communicate with applicants to help them ultimately hire talent faster without sacrificing quality as well. So that's really the mission um, that we stand for. And there are some design principles in there, but would love to, to talk a little bit about how it works from start to finish, if, the, if that works with you, Michael. Yeah, it'd be great to, because we've probably all heard about, you know, application software in today's world. And we talked a bit about before we went live as well. I think I touched on a, this type of software, probably very more, much more clunky about, you know, uh, 2008 was the first time I saw it and then, you know, implemented a different couple of system over the year. But I think now more than ever with this huge digitalization that happened as society and actually, you know, the speed we want things to happen as an applicant, I think it'd be great to hear about how you're solving that problem because I don't remember as a very select process. It was more automated, but from a user experience, it was not uh, enjoyable. Yeah, no, oftentimes I think chatbots in general have really begun to modernize the conversation. There's a there's a lot that are popping up, but oftentimes they still dump candidates into that desktop-based, you know, legacy process. And so what we wanted to do is really reimagine it and, and flip it on, on its head almost. 
And our solution starts with the traditional opening a REC in an ETS. So Hourly isn't designed to compete with an ETS. It's meant to work with it. Some of our clients who don't have an ATS in place, Hourly can fill that void. But once a REC is raised, we then go to market as our client. So this is huge. Whether that's through supplying programmatic advertising or leveraging some of the built-in attraction features within Hourly to help drive organic and local traffic within these communities, um, we, we do this as, you know, as a partner to our clients. And, and some of these built-in features are the ability for candidates to scan a QR code or text to apply. So texting ABC jobs to 32933, whatever that might be, to get them very quickly into the process. We also have features such as retarget, where we can automatically reach out to previous applicants, you know, within that talent community for that organization, redirect them to new positions that they might be a fit for based on their skill sets or even location or shift preferences. Uh, we can also recall seasonal workers. So that's huge as companies, you know, ramp up and down for seasonal hiring. We can recall those workers back and we can also tap into probably one of the biggest networks, which is your employees. So organizations can leverage their existing employees to also refer friends and colleagues into the process as well. So no matter what path a candidate comes into and, and applies to a job, our goal is to remove those barriers of entry, such as access to a desktop or having to upload a resume, create an account, download an application. We want candidates to easily apply in the moment, wherever they are, and engage with a client's brand and organization and to start that process very quickly. And so once they apply, they start having a conversation with Hourly around their preferences, their skills. We're screening them on the qualifications. We are assessing them as well. And once that happens, they can automatically schedule themselves for an interview. And all the way from engaging to scheduling an interview, we can do this in under six minutes with our platform. So again, we talk about that speed. That's um, so crucial for this, for this type of candidate. And what's also crucial, not only with the speed, is the communication. And so we take care of that communication as well. So it, it is automated, yet tailored to each candidate based on their personality profile. And we communicate to them in a way that they want to be communicated. So whether that's via email or SMS, um, again, we're, we're meeting them wherever they are. And I think it's, it's important. And we talk a lot about technology, and it is so um, you know, forefront right now, but we also can't neglect the human aspect of recruiting as well. And so what's really unique about how we position ourselves is that we also have humans behind the platform. So we've all been in chatbot hell before. I know I have um, where, you know, I've been put into a queue or I won't hear back from someone for 48 hours or more. And so our system is designed to sense frustration from a candidate if the system can't answer a question that a candidate has, it's actually gonna automatically ping one of our live support providers to pick up that conversation in line. So there's no wait or cue for that candidate. And that ability to respond is so critical. You know, helping our clients respond to applicants the same day is so huge if you think about it. And so combining that technology and that human component, we're bringing empathy and kindness back into the process, which in turn is keeping candidates engaged, excited about the brand, the culture, 
reducing drop-offs and no-shows. And, and so again, it's, it's impacting conversion ratios as well. Um, and that same level of service, we can't forget, is also available for those hiring managers. So those who are doing the recruiting on top of everything else that's going on on their plate from operational, safety, compliance concerns, we want to make sure that these recruitment teams as well have access to data and support at their fingertips so they can focus on conducting that interview, making that final hiring decision. And once that offer is extended in hourly, we push that data all back into the applicant tracking system, which then triggers that next step in the process, which is either background, drug screen, et cetera. So that's really that high level end-to-end -end workflow that we're providing our clients. I think a couple of things I picked up there, and it's interesting you said about the the need for this human connection. We want the, the digital experience to, you know, uh, to taking away barriers to to apply for the job quickly. But if something goes wrong, we want that human interaction very quickly to to guide us. And and for, just to make hundred percent sure that I got that correct as well. So you have a group of people. That's actually sitting and overseeing the the technology and the application, and they are then ready or a chatbot is ready to jump in uh, at that point where you can see that the applicant is struggling with something. That's absolutely correct. So they're they're monitoring it, and the system's gonna gonna ping them automatically if they need some live person support. And the great thing is, as a candidate, it's not going to know the difference, really. It's going to happen in line in that conversation. We're not routing them to a different system, which increases you know, the risk of them dropping off in the process. And what we're finding, even across our client base, is candidates are 24-7 animals. They are coming in and applying outside of business hours. And so we want to make sure that no matter what time they come in to apply, if they have a question, we're there to answer it so that you're moving candidates through that process as quickly and as seamless as possible. Yeah, and I guess you you work on over a number of industries and also sectors, and you experience different. You know, we all you know the hiring process looks from a conceptual point of view the same everywhere, but everybody has different demand and how quickly they need to recruit. And and I guess as well right now when we talk about frontline employees in hospitality, retail, or any service industry. They have a huge, you know, they not none of them can fill up their capacity, so they 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 all looking and hungry to hire the next one all the time. I guess mm -hmm, definitely, and I think we're even seeing a need for really throwing out the playbook when it comes to their current process, and it's really switching that mindset and approach and that they might have had in the past, and and that's really what's exciting for me. Um, because we do have this shifting landscape, as you mentioned, we've got organizations that are competing directly with each other for talent and a shrinking pool of candidates. And then on the flip side, we also have organizations who don't even have the capacity to process, screen and assess the volume of applicants that are coming through. And for both of these instances, we know that candidates who are applying, they're not just looking at one job or location, they're looking at a multitude. And oftentimes it comes down to that first impression and, and what that hiring process and experience look like. So again, really switching the mindset. And for some, you and I have talked about digital transformation before. I think the pandemic really accelerated some companies' future plans for you know digitizing their process. 
And for others, it was, you know, what can we implement overnight to sort of stop the bleeding? And it was really this short-term Band-Aid to, again, kind of solve the problems that we're facing. And some of the solutions, you know, outside of technology that we've definitely seen is, you know, raising hourly wages, flexible hours, bonuses, education reimbursement. There's so much more, which is fantastic. There's still work that needs to be done, I think, in this space, because what the pandemic has shown us and taught us is that these hourly workers are essential. They should be treated as such. And so that applicant experience reflects the employment experience as well. So if you have a terrible process, candidates are not going to want to work for you. They're going to go up elsewhere. It actually impacts their purchasing as well if they are a customer of your brand, um, which you know, we did a recent study with Talent Board that brought some of these numbers to life, but there is a direct correlation. And so a lot of what I talk to across, you know, clients and, and organizations is helping them acknowledge that these conventional approaches or by applying past solutions, it's not going to help solve these challenges. It's not going to help them win new talent. They really need to start defining what that long-term strategy looks like. And what I often actually encourage employers to do both from a leadership perspective but operationally as well is to go through their current process do a little secret shopping on what that experience feels and looks like for an hourly job seeker sometimes it can be very eye-opening around you know what that looks and feels like what tech we're moving them through the questions that we're asking do we really need to ask that question in the process what's the purpose can we put it at a different step? Is there room for us to add, you know, videos to help increase the likelihood of them showing up, get them excited about the company or what a day in the life looks like for the role in question. So there's a lot that can be done and it's really challenging companies to take an inward look at, at what they're doing and what they're trying to solve for. And within all that, uh, what is the you know what are the, the the biggest challenges they have right now? You 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 alert to a couple of them when it comes to hiring hourly workers. What are like some of the you know top three trends you're seeing of, of challenges recruiters or companies have that really want to attract people quickly and also want then you know also the the whole application process to, as you said very well, like it has to you know. Be as good as your customer experience it really has to be balanced out now that whole employee experience and that starts with you you know you're approaching the business for a job and how you are treated in that process yeah i think um some of the biggest things that i'm seeing and trends and areas that clients are starting to focus on is obviously if we look at that candidate journey it's really the speed of the process and making it more accessible so technology is a great avenue to help administer that so we know that 96 percent of americans own a mobile phone yet a lot of employers still dump as i mentioned dump those candidates into a legacy system that is really hard to manage on a mobile device um, and we know from a recent study we did with hr retail about 60 percent of job seekers quit in the middle of filling out an application because of its length and complexity. So again, first and foremost, it's really looking at that end-to-end -end process, how these job seekers are accessing the jobs and applying to them. And one of the things that we saw just from a speed and process standpoint is one of our clients saw a huge jump in their applicants 
um, engaging on a mobile device, it was it jumped to about 86%. And in that turn, they saw two times higher conversion ratios than they did with candidates coming into their legacy ATS. And so that's really what we're focusing on is helping clients hire talent faster. And so that's a big one. I think the communication is important. It is a candidate driven market right now. And communication around not only the job, what's happening in the process should be a brand enhancing experience, whether a candidate is hired or not. Because again, they are most likely customers as well in some capacity. And so technology can help deliver that communication in a very personal format through nudges, reminders, um, sending you know, videos and articles, and, and really helping to paint the picture as to why your organization is a career destination for that employee. Because again, that first impression means everything. And a lot of our clients and you know, people out there, they're spending so much money to attract and compete for talent. So if you're doing that, you need to make sure that it's easy for candidates to stay and progress through the process. Otherwise, you're wasting money and you're going through this hamster wheel of spending more on the front end and not impacting turnover and conversion. And so I think those two are the big aspects on the candidate side. Um, I think we often lose track of the end user as well. So those hiring managers and recruiters that are interacting with the system as well. I mentioned that some companies, you know, experienced significant layoffs on the recruitment teams and being able to help those organizations if they're not in the space to bring that talent back, how can we help them do more and meet those hiring demands, maybe with less? And so one of our clients were actually able to engage about 40% more candidates in a shorter time frame, despite a 50% reduction in the recruitment team. So that, that's huge. So still being able to help them meet those business objectives and allowing technology and AI to reduce the waste in the process, eliminate some of those labor intensive tasks for those end users like screening sometimes assessing scheduling as well so again they can focus on that human aspect of recruiting because we don't want to lose that it's it's critical um so again whether that's an interview or giving them a quick phone call saying hey we're really excited to have you here at this company do you have any questions we're thrilled about being here um really just it's more of that sell right now even in the hourly job market it, it's what candidates are wanting to see is, is what does this company look like for me and how can I see myself growing here? Um, so I think those are the big trends that we're going to start continuing to see and, and companies focusing on. And you already before also alert to a bit like, okay, this may be time to rip up the old playbook in recruitment because, you know, some of these way of recruiting, uh, first interview, second interview, a trial shift or what else has been around in, in different company structures, maybe not really going to do it anymore. And actually it's not what the candidate wanted. It's not what you need, but we all followed maybe a bit of a cookie cutter approach about how we do recruitment. You have to write your, I saw one the other day, I was really surprised to see that in this market uh, for a frontline employee job. Please send us your CV as a PDF or Word document uh, with an explanation on why we should hire you. I thought, wow, okay. So that's super interesting when you think about the competitiveness 
of the talent market right now. And I don't know if you're seeing similar things. There's like two camps. People are going all in, ripping the playbook up. And then there's people just staying really fixed in in their old ways. And the only thing they're doing is removing that some of that process online. Uh, but they're not really changing the experience in any way for anyone or improving the recruitment experience. There definitely is two camps and uh, for sure seeing that. I think for some, it's definitely easier to rip up the playbook. And I think for those where it's successful is that comes from top-down leadership where they're, they want to do something. They want to make a change. They're talking to those who are on the front line and, and hearing pain points and concerns. And so they're ready to look at, okay, how can we reimagine this? And for those that, you know, it's more of a change management, it, it, it could be the technology itself, or again, the comfort of this is the way we've always done it. And for those, it's looking at maybe that one point solution. It's, it's kind of baby steps around, you know, should we add in video interviewing or can we add a scheduling button here? And sometimes it takes those baby steps to get you to more of a, cohesive and comprehensive end-to-end process. There are risks with that because the more we add different systems that we push candidates through, the more we're increasing the likelihood of them dropping off. So if they have to create a login for, you know, the ETS and then a video interviewing tool or something else, and all of these aren't communicating, they're going to probably drop off or say, you know, I'll complete this tomorrow. Another job might come through that they can finish in less than 15 minutes. They're going to go that route. And so it's, again, really challenging companies to understand where the gaps are in their process, what are their priorities, and having it come down from the top-down leadership and involving those frontline workers to see where can we really make a difference? What are we trying to solve for to meet our business objectives when it comes to, to hiring and, and retaining talent? Do you um, do you feel that the, the market is now ready for, you know, really using this where tech is involved to, to actually improve the, you know, you call the candidate journey. We also talk a bit about like the employee journey and all this. There's more openness to see how technology in hand in hand with the humans if that's you know HR recruitment or the the individual uh, team manager can actually play a very massive role in how the employee experience is because one thing is that you got them recruited and then you need to onboard them safely and then also you need to build the rest of the employee experience. I guess that whole experience is so important now for keeping people to stay. You know uh, because that's you know it's more expensive to go out to recruit all the time. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that there is more of an openness and that's what we're starting to see in one of our recent studies, you know, about 57% of the organizations that we interviewed were really planning to implement or consider implementing a technology in the next six to 12 months to streamline that process, not only from engaging to offer, but post offer. So as you mentioned, what does that look like once a candidate has an offer in hand what does day one look like? Can they get connected with a buddy or do, can they do something online to get them prepared for the first day of work? What to expect um, from a paperwork point of view or a day in the life of, you know, I've got to lift 70 pounds or this is the type of environment I'm working in. So I do think that there is more 
of an openness. I feel like the pandemic probably forced more companies to, to start thinking that way. Um, there was a little bit of a panic, I think, where everyone was, again, putting these short-term Band-Aids and grabbing almost all the technology that they could. But now I'm really seeing organizations take, take a step back saying, A, what do we need? What do we don't need? And let's figure out what this long-term vision looks like. Um, because sometimes less is more. And there isn't a silver bullet for any of this. It's really figuring out what works best for that organization, the type of talent that they want to reach and bring on board. And sometimes even that is changing in terms of the type of talent that they're trying to attract. That skill set is changing. Yeah, I guess and, uh, you're really interested what you're saying there also, because what I think many have found out that it's a different skill set, even in frontline jobs, suddenly, because um, the frontline job is changing. Uh, uh, there's also more strategic uh, digital skills if you go to your head office function, where probably for many, there have been a huge search in recruitment for, for digital experts or people with digital experience, not only in marketing, but also how do we actually build this infrastructure? Because many of them, especially in hospitality, maybe not have a CIO or at that point. So again, how do you actually create, you know, candidate journeys that makes them feel like they are choosing between you or Google and they would rather you because the experience was the same, but they actually like, you know, to, to be involved in the product or culture more than they would like to go to the Google. Because again, the reality is suddenly that we also compete across sectors with Amazon and and so on in hospitality. Suddenly, you know, these lots of our frontline employees went there for a job. And it's not all about salary, I found out. I thought actually there was the salary, but it's not the salary. It's actually something different. I haven't found the answer yet. I think it's a multitude of things, Michael, really. I mean, it's, you know, obviously wage is a component, but a lot of candidates are looking at, you know, safety now. Um, you know, if they've got to be in person or virtual, what measures are being taken to ensure safety? Again, that career growth. So are there opportunities for them to get upskilled or reskilled in something to, you know, put them in a different position? What are the benefits look like? Flexible hours. Um, so many things are popping up that are really influencing where candidates are going, which we haven't really seen in the past. I think it's shedding light on a lot of areas where we probably should have been improving upon a long time ago. Um, so it is forcing us to rethink about some of this. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely an interesting time. What about the, you know, over the last 18 months where there's been radical transformation in, in everything we do in our life, in the way we work, the way we think about things, what is important for us? What is some of the, the best practice cases you've seen when it comes to really, you know, changing thing but also taking it from where you know we have a problem to we found a great solution on things and it could be in different sectors even yeah i think i think some of the best practices i'm seeing across definitely hospitality and, and retail even is re-looking at talent pools and, and where you're getting your talent from so we talked a little bit about some of the skill sets changing and so where i've where I've seen it really work and is where companies are looking maybe at previous employees that they've had in the past and, and bringing them back um, if they're you know eligible or looking at a different candidate population that has transferable skills. So maybe an industry or sector they haven't targeted before that 
hey, we can bring them on because they have X, Y, and Z skill set. They're a fit culturally to our organization, and we can work on developing them and training them for the position in question. So it's really being creative in terms of where they might have found talent in the past. And that's something that gets me really excited with our product is we're able to do that, you know, retarget and, and redirect candidates, recall them back to an organization to drive and increase that applicant funnel. And I think another best practice, again, is really being agile. So those who are not afraid to look at things differently and have that conversation with those who are in the technology and the process day to day to really understand what are we trying to solve for? I think that's such an important question because it's, it's how do we solve for it and then how do we implement it and taking the time to implement it properly because it is such a huge change for organizations and you want to make sure that you have all the voices being heard for those who are actually, again, in the technology and those who are overseeing it from a leadership perspective, is making sure it's implemented right um, and looking at all of those three different stakeholders from the candidate to the hiring manager to the recruiter. So I think that is is really important and, and where I see success, um, again, during the pandemic and thinking of those long-term strategies versus those short-term patches. I know it's hard, um, but really having an eye for the future and where you want to go uh, is definitely, I think, important. I think it's very interesting. You talk about what I also call, you, know, you called it positioning in marketing, but also the employer brand. Really understand where do you actually can you go and get your employees from? Which companies or what sectors should you be targeting besides, you know, the pool everybody's taking from? People that want to work in hospitality. Because I guess also what we definitely saw here in the UK was suddenly, you know, it's never been a top wish to have a career in hospitality, but the pandemic didn't help with that. It actually made it one of the, you know, the worst jobs you can get almost. Um, so you really have to go out and tell that story about why you're a great employer and actually reach other groups that might actually, you know, because they never experienced working on Saturday, that would like it a lot. And lots are changing to the positive. The, the foundations, as you say, with salary and things, flexibility is actually now being, you know, enforced because of the pandemic and the, and the job market wants that. So I think that's really interesting. And then the other thing as well, that actually, how do we actually, you know, how do we actually get to a point where we actually can move these candidates quicker into the business as well? Um, but what is like for for your point of view? You said as a supplier to the industry, and you know, and when you look at that, and also maybe it's a personal learning. But what has been your biggest learning in all of this? Because you know, you you launch, and very quickly there was a you know a need for your product uh, on the back end of the pandemic. But what has been the, you know like you know, uh, for me, I don't know how it is for you. For me, the last eighteen months is like I thought I had so much time. But I did, and there's been so many learnings. But I always so. What is like your top learning the last eighteen months? Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned that we we did launch in the pandemic, and we we weren't planning on it, we weren't expecting to, but it put us in a really nice position, I think, to help companies navigate, you know, what the current and also the future. Uh, for me, I think some of the big things that stood out is really the importance around being empathetic, transparent in communication and being flexible. So both in my personal life, but professionally, I think 
I was forced to flex muscles maybe that I hadn't done in, in a while, being virtual and building those connections in that virtual environment. You know, seeing our organization and other organizations focus on building strong team morale and again, focusing on that company culture. These are some of the big learnings that that I've seen and, and something that I keep top of mind every single day I log on uh, to start my day when I'm speaking to clients and internally is really those are the three things. Everyone's got a lot going on, um, you know, whether it's recruiting and finding talent, uh, retaining the talent or, you know, stuff in their personal life. So it's really being empathetic, transparent and flexible. And so, yeah, those are definitely the, the three things that I think have stood out to me the most. Um, and uh, it's quite interesting you say about being transparent because in in business, I don't know, I, I feel exactly the same that, you know, the lots of people come much more. And in business, sometimes it's just easier if you're transparent, but normally we'd have the game, the game of business going on the great game of business, as I call it, going on, where you have to read each other in a room and stuff like that. But just because people just know that, you know, we just have to move on and we just need to be honest and then we find a solution. I think I think that's some of the good things and then the level of innovation and agility as well that this has brought on us actually showed that we can actually shift very quickly. We don't have to always blame culture or the lack of resist to change and we're not we're now ready to do it but on your journey um who has been like you know this is the the, the tricky question the most unfair question <laughs> because everybody says that to me well i have more than it three is. people michael but who has been uh most influential to you and the career you you are on to help businesses use technology to improve the human experience who has actually been you know some really keystone people in this I think for me, I'll do a combo of both, you know, personal and, and some professional people that have really influenced me. I think personally, um, it would have to be my dad. I think from a young age, um, he started his own business when I was quite young and I was around um, lots of trade shows and, and seeing lots of clients come in with problems that they were trying to solve for. And I I saw how important it was, again, from a really young age that has really influenced how I communicate with people is the importance of building relationships and, and really listening because not everyone's problem is the same. There are unique situations and really understanding what those pain points are. And so for him and being around that um, throughout my life has been so instrumental, I think, in my in my career and both personally as well. Professionally, it, it is hard to name a handful. I have had the, I've been very lucky to work with a lot of really intelligent women in my career across my current organization and the previous companies I've worked for. So it is hard to name you know, just a couple out of that. I will say that all of these women have really, again, shaped me to who I am. And, you know, previously a more male dominated industry, being able to see how they've been able to navigate um, the industry, push themselves, uh, think outside of the box. It's been just so important to me um, in, in my career. So I'd have to say kind of the collective group of the women that I have worked with, um, across the board 
always great to hear it's funny often that people and myself we always come back to our parents uh there's always something you know that I enjoy. and I, I love the thing that you've gone to trade shows and you're already at that point were solving problems because that's in principle your job now as well and uh yeah i can see that connection um what about um you because you again you said you launched this you know your part of the business was launched in the pandemic and you know you have to show up every day to do your best to move things. How do you actually, because that is one of the questions I've been really interested in. How do you actually, you know, sometimes find the energy to go and do things besides, you know, there needs to be paid some rent and some costs. Yeah. Also it's like, how do you find it and how, what do you do? What is your top three tips on you getting yourself in the right state? Well, for me, um, it's starting my day with a good cup of coffee. <laughs> um, so for those coffee drinkers, it's definitely the first thing that I do. Um, but on a, on a serious note, I feel in the role that I'm in and the, the product that I am in the market, you know, talking to companies about, I truly am energized as corny as that sounds. I am so energized to go to work every morning because I'm so passionate about our product and the problems that we are solving when it comes to the hourly job seeker. And it's something across my, my years in talent acquisition, it's, there's always been a need for it. And it's just become more prevalent because of the pandemic and being a part of that honestly really gets me excited. And I enjoy listening to clients. Um, I'm a problem solver by heart. So listening to what those challenges are and, you know, it, it could just be listening and saying, you know, hey, right now is maybe not the right time, but let's stay close. Here's how we can help you in other ways to get yourself in that position where we can start adding some technology within your process or, you know, bolstering up your in-market presence on how you attract candidates and where you can find different candidates. Um, so there's a lot of different solutions that I work to provide clients, but I, I really am energized. I, I hope you can sense my passion through the phone, but it really gets me excited. Um, so it's not tough for me to wake up every day and, and go to work. I am very lucky for that. Yeah, and I guess again, you you found you 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 can see that other people, as you said, I think that's if we all are working on things where other people feel that you're solving something for them, you're making their life easier. Um, then, then it always comes back. It's a, it's a reciprocity, you know. Like we really, when you can give something, so that gives totally sense. Uh, and the coffee is really important for me as well. That's how, <laughs> that's how it starts with a little bit of butter for me. Because it's a, like it. <laughs> uh, um, good. So, what what is um, uh, we're coming to the end here, uh, Alexandra. But if you should, you know, you talk with so many different leaders, you know, functions of businesses across, you know, industries and sectors, you know, and you'll probably get a lot of good insights to some of the best practices and tips. And you have some, some background yourself uh, uh, of being, you know, involved in, in different businesses and leadership positions and so on. What, what would your top three advice be to, to leaders right now that's looking to, you know, accelerate the the businesses because we're all trying still i believe and what i hear to figure it out in a way how do we move forward from here now we've gone from survival state to 
how do we actually move on from here? And for some, everybody's different what they need to to do. But most people know they need to change a lot the next coming years. But what is your top three advice to them? So I feel like the top advice I would give clients would be obviously there is this perennial challenge of you know hiring hourly workers and it is more difficult today because of the competitive labor market a shortening of qualified talents um, so many things that come into this and and what i would recommend and the advice that i've seen is to really look at the holistic process from end to end um, so how again you're engaging candidates what is that message to market and then how you bringing them through the process all the way to offer, but also post offer. Um, so really it's that holistic image and picture of your process. Technology is one aspect of it, but there are so many other components and touch points throughout that life cycle. So I think really challenging, what does it look like right now, doing that secret shopping of your own process and identifying those gaps. I think the other would be Again, leaning in with empathy, not only towards your employees, so those you might be understaffed who are working overtime to hire talent. Um, so being empathetic towards you know, your current recruitment teams, but then also the job seekers that are out there. Yes, it is a candidate-centric market, but having them come into a very disjointed process that is archaic and, and unkind because they're not getting communication and feedback that they deserve on, on what's happening in the process, whether they're hired or not, um, is, is an issue. So again, really being empathetic um, internally and exter externally. And I think the third would be leading from the top down. So any decisions that you make, um, that's going to be a transfer transformative change for an, an organization. So making sure that you have a defined approach, that there's no disconnect between, you know, those users who are using the system and making sure that whatever you put in place is implemented properly. So you're not rushing to get it done quickly because you're gonna have some problems with that. So making sure that whatever is implemented is done properly uh, and can deliver the business results that you're wanting to achieve. So looking at those long-term strategies versus the short-term fixes. Good, good. Some really, really uh, solid advice in there. Especially, I like the one where you say step back and um, look at the whole process, as you mentioned in the beginning as well, because also strategize about what kind of employee experience do you want to create and what is technology's role in in helping you. Because uh, especially in hospitality, we do, we've done some uh, surveys and interviews around this as well. Is that you can see that's invested in lost in the customer-facing technology and that experience, but the employee experience is left a bit behind. And that's really giving challenges now that, you know, you have people that want to buy, but you can't deliver the demand because you can't get people in quickly enough. Yeah. Good, good. Where can people find out more about Owly and what you do? And uh, is there any specific place they can connect with you as well if they have any questions? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I have all of my direct contact information on there. Um, to learn more about Hourly, you can go to weareams.com and click the digital tab. You can see more info about our product as well as any recent research studies we've done and so much more in the space. We actually have a very fun music video that we did with Montel Jordan as well. Um, so it's always a 
it'll get stuck in your head, I will say. So I'll, I'll warn you that it is very catchy. Um, but yeah, you can go to either of those locations. Good, good, great, great. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show talking about, you know, how we can improve recruitment, how we use technology for that, and actually how we improve the employee experience in general. Thank you so much for having me and really appreciate meeting all of your listeners as well. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for your great advice on how to improve and reinvent the talent journey. I would recommend you now to ask yourself, what do I need to do to improve our talent journey? And what is tech's role in that? To get further inspiration on how to improve your employee journey, please tune in to episode 56, Heartfelt Hospitality with Nina Jeffra Stevenson, Chief Cultural Officer at Point A Hotels. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please share, rate, review, or subscribe to one of our channels. A big thank you to BizSimply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help the industry thrive, not just survive. Check them out at bizsimply.com or on their social at bizsimply or bizsimplyhq. You can also email them directly on advice at bizsimply.com. Remember to download your free copy of the white paper from Fragile to Agile, done in cooperation with BizSimply. You will find it on bizsimply.com under the resource tab or via the link in the show notes. We have some great insights and solutions for improving your leadership game. A big thank you to Fina Charlson, who is the show producer and editor from the Podcast Collective. Tune in next time for another interview. In the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to the newsletter and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of that, there will be links in the show notes. I'm Michael Tinkser, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick.